game movies and the stories that shaped them. My name is Andy Spateri, joined as always by the one, the only, Gooey Fame. Goo, how are you? I'm good. I, that was a uh, thanks for hyping me up like that. I feel special now. Drum roll. <laughs> of it's course. Goo. The, anytime. You should always feel special. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I got the the week off, so I'm doing some painting around the house, and uh, uh, you know, I went to the old dentist today, so that was lots of fun. <laughs> and um, you know, I've been watching some virtual theater esque movies, like kind of late night. I watched uh, Gianni Mnemonic the other day, based off yeah. Adriel's recommendation. First time in like literally forever. I had watched that, so uh, watched watched a couple old classics last night. We got some Primal Fear going on, uh, lots lots of old movies and stuff. So having a nice week. You're in the zone. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, Gooey, are going to be in the zone today because originally our episode was going to be um, all about Monster Hunter, but I, I think we we kind of thought that it was coming to like streaming or something right away and i guess it's not it's coming out like kind of like a theatrical run almost i think there's been some mixed messaging because i i remember it saying it was coming to theaters and streaming december 20th and then the 20th came around and then i saw coming to theaters december 25th um but like it's still you can still find places saying it's going to be streaming but if you go to any of those sites I went to like Voodoo and Amazon and it just lets you pre-order it. So I don't know. I guess 2020 has kind of gotten to a lot of places with the film release. So, you know, there's some gum in the works there, I guess. Yeah. So we're going to be covering that later. And actually, before we get on to today's topic, do you want to hear some bullshit? So <laughs> I would love to hear some bullshit. Let me tell you, last night... Sam and I were sitting on the couch, and we're like, what should we watch? And we're just like, let's watch Wonder Woman 1984. We go to the movie theater, and we pick up popcorn. It's not showing movies, of course, but we get popcorn. Three bags, three for 17 bucks. We give one to Sam's parents. We come back with two big bags of popcorn. We're ready to download HBO Max and watch Wonder Woman 1984. And fucking HBO Max is only available in Canada through crave you can't just download the app individually (laughs) it's bullshit oh no it's it's exactly like the wwe network in in canada where like you can't download the app you have to have cable and subscribe to the channel and then you can only watch whatever it's playing so like you can't actually go in and pick what you want to watch it's it's fucking garbage this is the future this is the future of movie watching (laughs) it's all it's horrible we dude we we were so excited to go and watch wonder woman and then we're just like, okay, like, so I guess we got to get Crave, which is like 10 bucks a month to subscribe to, uh, whatever. And, but then, then you have to get HBO Max on top of that. So it's like 20 bucks to watch this thing. And I'm like, I could rent this right now on Amazon for like 30 bucks. Like, I, I don't know if I want to go through the hassle and just spend, I, I don't know. It was some bullshit. I was really fed up and, uh, and upset at, at Canadian laws regarding streaming and, and other silliness yeah, yeah like yeah. I, like we were saying yeah that's exa- like the release of all these movies and all this stuff it's been really confusing really stupid um and probably yeah probably worse for you canadians i'm sorry yeah it's it's not a lot of fun there are some perks though 
Um, some of the movies that leave Netflix in America actually stay on in you know in Canada. Um, in particular, Spider Verse, which spoilers we'll be talking about later. But um, <laughs> this was a long way of getting around to our topic for today, which is Gooey and I are going to be ranking. I use that word kind of loosely, but we're going to be ranking our top ten movies of the last decade. Uh, why? Because we wanted to, and it was a discussion we had in Virtual Theater's Discord server, which you should definitely check out. And, um, you know, we thought it would make a great episode. And we also had Monster Hunter delayed, so here we go. Top 10 movies of the last decade. And, Goo, I guess we should specify, like, when that decade actually ended <laughs> and started. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a little late. Everyone made these lists last year, and here we are at the end of this year uh, doing that list. But we're going to be talking about 2010 to 2019. Uh, yes. Because that, that's the, I'm going to say the 20, 2010s. Yeah, so I guess, Goo, there's, I mean, there's, it feels like there's a new announcement every single day about video game movie stuff. It almost feels like it's not even real, just because they're just, like, making announcements for making announcements. So mm. we've kind of moved past, like, covering all of the floofy announcements that may never actually pan out to being anything. I, I want to see, uh, yeah, if we see a trailer, if we see something substantial, not just... Yeah so-and-so is in the talks to make it because some of yeah some of that stuff seems like completely made up like mad libs almost yeah i i agree it's it's stuff that like i don't know it just feels I, i'll believe it when i see it kind of like tom holland in uncharted now that i'm seeing it i'm like okay this is a real movie <laughs> we got tangible stuff yeah, yeah that's how that's that. how these movies are made they're all like it's like studio you know, giant studio productions that are probably just like ideas or like they, they have a million properties. They're probably like slowly moving the ball on, but like, yeah, people just, you got to report on it, you know? So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see when there's actual tangible stuff. Well, what is absolutely tangible is our top 10 movies of the last <laughs> these decade. Yeah, these are these are real and these were all awesome. So I guess without further ado, we should just kind of get into it here. And maybe we should also say before we start too that like, um, you I think you had said like your your list could change on like a on like a daily whim. And I feel like mine is is pretty like it's pretty along the same category. Where like depending on what mood I'm in, maybe it'll yeah. be different. I even so. like I had originally when we were just talking about this. I had made a list of like 20 movies in like a spreadsheet and I like moved the 10 I thought were the best to the top. And then as it was getting closer, I was like all wishy-washy about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to whittle this down to, I want to only see 10 movies on the page. And so I was actually <laughs> deleting stuff that was in the top 10. So like, you know what I mean? Like I have other movies that could even be in here that aren't mentioned there were just yeah there was just a lot that i really like so yeah did you did you want to throw out any honorable mentions before we get started just kind of rattle them off really quick because i've got a few that i could rattle off i did there were some that like really hurt to cut um i had the i I had the movie sorry to bother you on my list for a while and i cut that Mm. i don't know if you've seen that but um it's uh, it's a it's a good one. It's a great first film by a director too, um. But uh, I'm and so I you know hope to see some more, uh, from that from Boots Riley who directed it, but uh didn't mm-hmm. make the cut. 
Uh, I had I used to have Mad Max Fury Road on there, which I think is one of the best uh, action movies of the la- last decade. Uh, if right. I if I was doing just top ten action movies, you know that would be in the top three, five, you know somewhere. Great movie. Um, I'm sure maybe other. I forgot some of the other ones I had on the list, but uh, if I think of them, you know maybe I'll just blurt them out real quick. But those two were ones that like kind of pained me to cut. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about Mad Max for my list, and I I it put works. that in my honorable <laughs> mentions. Yeah, it's and you know it's funny because I watched it the first time and I was like, eh, I don't know if I like this, and then I watched it a second time and I was like, what was wrong with me? This movie like rocks. It's awesome. Yeah, it's um. I'll, there's some things about it that uh, I can say in regard to some other movies on my list, so I won't right. g- belabor that too much. <clears throat> I've got five honorable mentions that I want to rattle okay. off here really quickly. Um, the first of them was John Wick 2, which, if I'm being honest, probably is in my like top ten. But I just kind I want it to be a little bit different from you, and I'm fair enough. I'm using my crystal ball to see that there's probably going to be some wick in our future. We don't, so. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Social Network, I thought was like awesome. It was such a such a surprisingly awesome movie. I thought when I when I like heard the concept, I was just like, Jesus, they're making a movie about Facebook. But I, <laughs> yeah, I it, okay. like I thought it was awesome. Um, yeah, Arrival, right which is yes, like one of the most that... awesome sci-fi f- thrillers. That was a tough. That was I had that. It didn't. It didn't approach my top ten, but it was in the top twenty there. So yeah, yeah. I think like it's just such a solid concept and like a realistic concept, and it's kind of it's got great acting, a good twist. It was a really well done movie. Um, and I, I actually think that that was probably my favorite movie of twenty sixteen. Although I think twenty sixteen was a pretty weak year for movies. Looking back, I, I recall um, that. Yeah, I would put this is. I feel like a lot of people dump on this, but like I really love Prometheus. So I'm gonna okay. put that on mine. I love Alien, and I loved like the the lore and the world building and stuff like that. And I thought that David was awesome. And then uh, my last honorable mention is Avengers Endgame. And you okay. know what? I um, <laughs> it, it's an awesome movie. I have no shame in saying that, like I think that this movie is absolutely awesome. But like just really for like the moment of the movie the, like the moment in the where we were as a culture almost outweighs what happened in the movie itself you know like it was such like an ending to this superhero movie boom that i thought that it was just like really it was really well done it was a lot of fun in the theater and uh yeah i uh mm-hmm. I, I loved it that's one that like i had a lot of fun watching it and as time has gone by it's like the thought about like ever revisiting it or anything i'm just like I don't know. Like it's just it's just a fun it was a fun experience but as a like a movie that you just like sit down and watch it just it doesn't do it for me in that regard, you know. I I think I could agree with you actually because like like I said it's more the experience and like where we were in in like kind of our superhero movie journey than cuz like Endgame isn't my favorite Marvel movie. It's it, you know, there I like several Marvel movies more than yeah. that one, but I didn't put any of them on my list or honorable mentions, so yeah, there's something I, about Endgame. It was just the end of an era. There was actually that that time. There was that period where everyone was freaking out because um, uh, Martin Scorsese compared it to a theme park ride or like Marvel movies in general. Um, but that's actually how I kind of feel about it. But like, not even totally negatively. I just feel I like went into that 
for like a fun time and had a fun time, you know. Um, but it's not like a movie I think about and I'm like, like some of these other movies we're going to talk about are movies I think about all the time because they like emotionally resonated with me. And if, if Endgame resonated with someone, that's totally cool too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, no, no judging on, on this show for, for y'all's movies. I mean, Jesus, I watched Johnny Mnemonic the other night. Like how that, that is literally one of the worst movies ever. And yet I Hell think it's kind of awesome. I take offense to that. I think it's, uh, oh, that's a great flick. It's so bad. Sam asked me at one point if Uwe Boll directed it. Oh, come on. <laughs> I was like, I was well, like, well, I don't know. There's, there's where, yeah, there's where we differ. Cause I, he's a master. Uwe is a master, I think. So. I well, I want to watch some of his 2010s movies because I've heard they're interesting. <laughs> um, when was Far Cry made? That seems like, like a, oh, that wait. seems like a knots movie. Yeah, I'm sure that he has only got better with age. But yeah, uh, exactly. I exactly. guess let's let's get right into it here, Goo. Do you want to go first? Sure. Well, actually, so I put at my number ten because I just wanted to get it out of the way. I put John Wick at number ten. Just so we can get, just so we can move on past John Wick, and I put the first one, uh, kind of just represent the series. Though I, I don't want to cheat or anything, but it's just really hard, hard for me to pick. But um, if I were to pick one to represent, I would pick that first one because it's so, it's a, uh, it's such a tight film in in terms of the story and everything. It, you know, it's so self-contained and everything, and the things I love about the following ones after that is they like expand the world and the lore from like a uh from like a series standpoint and they kind of like sequels do up up the bigness and like the wackiness and the stunts um and i i love them too as stories as individual movies but i think this first one is clearly like if i if i was just rating if i there was some subjective scale you know i feel like this would be the best movie you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, uh, I can't argue with that. I like, I, I wanted to put John Wick in my top 10 too. And I, I think I narrowed in on number two as my favorite, but like, really it's hard to kind of separate the three of them. You think of like the John Wick trilogy and that's kind of mm. what you, what you think of. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I mean like, you know, we did a whole episode Ex- on John Wick too, yeah. and like it, you know, it, it rules. It, it absolutely rules. Like, what else can you say? It's so well choreographed. It's, the, it's just like, you've got this great shit heel. You've got this great hero. You're rooting for the hero. It's just, uh, it's just off the charts. Yeah, for me, it, um, the, the main thing about it, I mean, it was one of the best theater going experiences I had in 2010 because in, in the 2010s, because I went into it with kind of middling expectations. And then what I saw was like something I felt like I hadn't really seen <laughs> in a theater in a, like that in a long time, which is just like mm-hmm. uh, a capital a action movie. You know what I mean? Like back to the basics, actual yeah. and like filmography, action filmography, like, you know, just beautifully shot, fight sequences you know it's a simplistic story which i think is like like not always what you should do but i think in this in a lot of cases it is what you should do and i think to me it's i think it's the best like um american action movie in in that in the last decade um because of that because it 
it is really focused on the action. It's, you know, obviously we've talked so much about it, but it's a movie made by stunt guys, and you can tell they put a lot of care into the choreography, um, but as well as everything else into the movie. So, yeah, I, I love it. Yep, I, I can't argue, and I'm ex- like, this is probably one of the only movies on your list that I'm going to have actually seen, so I'm excited <laughs> that you brought up John Wick. The rest is so... going to be me trying to, like, sell you on a movie. <laughs> yeah. Or actually, or you'll hate the other movies I have, so that'll be fun. Um, You know what, I was, uh, while I was scrolling through Crave last night, Gooey, speaking of, I noticed that they had just recently added... Every single Fast and the Furious movie. Right on. <laughs> I, I don't have. A, I had that. I had one in my twenty to represent the series, but um, I yeah, I could not get a Fast movie in here. Though I've been watching through them again, and I'm having a great time. Uh, I I thought for sure we might see Hobbs and Shaw sneak into your top ten. That no, Maybe that's not. the abs- that's the absolute <laughs> worst Fast and Furious movie. Actually, hot take here, but. Is that a hot take? I didn't, I didn't think people no, liked it very no, much. No, no, it didn't get great reviews. Or it got kind of um, Let mixed. me tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build off what you said about the action and simple story and stuff, and I'm going to go to my 10-ranked movie, The Raid Redemption. And this movie is uh, an Indonesian movie. Andy, this is my number nine. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Okay, let's let's converge. <laughs> I, that's I put it at ten. I put John Wick at ten, and oh, just wanted fuck. to get it out of the way. And I put the raid at nine because I was like, I cannot honestly say that John Wick is better than the raid, even though I like it more. You know what I mean? I'm I, not. I, yeah, I agree. I'm not well, trying to make a subjective list because I don't think that exists. But I just like I would feel like such a uh, a scrub if I said John Wick is better than the raid. So here here's the thing about the raid versus John Wick though is like John Wick is like kind of gun combat more so than like hand-to-hand combat and like the raid yeah is hand-to-hand ass-kicking <laughs> combat yeah well it, it, it starts with gun stuff and then it it like expand it's like cool it like evolves the movie evolves the combat throughout it which is mm-hmm. cool um so and so john, yeah, the john Wick series like... evolves to hand-to-hand more in the third one, which is why uh, yeah, dude, was like the he knives, fights yeah. dudes from the raid in the third one, you know? I I can't tell you how big I popped when um, I, I was like, oh my god, I think I recognize him but from where? And when I finally figured it out, I was like, oh my god, that's fucking so cool. But, yeah. I mean, like, the raid is like... How do I even... Just, it's, it's like the action movie. So I grew up with... Um, me and my dad was would always rent like Jet Li or like Jackie Chan action movies and stuff like that, right? And like, like I, I just I, I love like a good kung fu movie and like uh-huh. the Raid is the is the best one I've ever seen, like ever. The the fighting is so awesome. It's so brutal. Like it's just it's brutal. The, it the is. Fights it does not shy. It like makes oh. you feel bad about watching it at times. Which is yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember being in theaters and like there is a scene. Where the main character uh, Rama, he's fighting someone in the hallway, and like he, so I guess this is the let door. me lay out the premise here. Yeah, the door. <laughs> so they're in this like they're in this apartment building, and it's like a slum. Some some slumlord runs it or whatever, and it's locked down, and this this corrupt slumlord is is running and smuggling drugs or something, and so the the police go in and they raid the building, um, and then yeah, the the main character is fighting someone, and like 
gives him a fucking X factor through a broken <laughs> door and like the door splinters his throat and it's like Ugh. holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um the raid and, and and the raid 2 uh both I feel like are I I was saying this about John Wick and I I think this sort of applies not not that I feel like George Miller of Mad Max had to like learn anything cuz he's been making sick films forever but in general like I feel like The Raid is like I I when I saw it back in the day I, you know I, I didn't realize it at the time when I then went and saw John Wick but it was like uh a, a film that was like doing it was striving to be something like this you know and I was like, this is what I wish more movies would, not all movies, but, you know, specific action movies would, would aim to be, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> where it's, and it's got a similar thing, like exactly what you're saying. All you, similar to John Wick, you actually learn about the characters throughout the movie. And it's, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. It's, it's not overtly complex or anything, but it's effective. And it's it, the action is it's insane. So much detail is put into into every motion in this movie, and not just not just in the combat. It's like every it, the direction is so insane. Like every little like move of a muscle or object or anything is like you feel everything in this. <laughs> it's like it's totally and it's, and it's brutal. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. Yeah. Uh, t- you know what? I want to add on to something that you said, actually, because, like, I-, I think you nailed it, man. Like, it's like, like, it's it's a simple story, but it's effective. And they actually, they're able to, like, tell you about the characters and the story, like, through the fighting, which I feel like is really mm-hmm. impressive. Because, like, the-, the the main character is at home, or he has a pregnant wife at home, so you're already kind of w- rooting for him. But, like, he also finds out that his brother is, like, part of this drug cartel. And, like, it, you kind of see the slow turn of his brother eventually siding with the main character and like through the final mm-hmm. fight when they finally come together and like they're finally fighting as one it's just like it's like fuck yeah and like that takes place through this intense wicked action sequence mm. or it's even like too it's not even in just the fighting too you're totally right about that but it's also it is just in like every in like the decisions they make and the movie set up to where you can you can follow everything that's happening and like every decision feels momentous, even if it is just as simple as like, we need to break through the floor to go down here. Like you're, you're just constantly mm-hmm. following it and it's, and that invests you even more. It's not like, it's not like a clusterfuck, you know, but like, yeah, you learn so much about people just through these very basic things. Like the drug Lord you mentioned, you know, they introduce him by, he's just got these hostages or whatever lined up. And he's just one by one shooting them in the head and he gets to the last one and the bullet, the gun, the gun's not loaded. And so he he puts the gun on the guy's shoulder and says, wait right here. He goes over to the desk, opens it up, and there's just, it's just an empty drawer with some loose bullets and a hammer. (laughs) And that's it. And he just grabs the hammer. And it's like, that tells you, you know, (laughs) you don't need, I mean, it's fine when movies do this. I think there's a lot of great movies that do this, but you don't need like 
like 20 minutes where you get some sad backstory of this guy. You know what I mean? You learn more about him through the movie and through his connection to the corrupt cop and to his sidekicks or his henchmen, you know, and that's, that's how you not, I don't want to say always cause I don't like the, like establishing some dogma about it, but like, that's how you tell an action storyline, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm fired up. Words out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I can't believe that. I wasn't expecting the raid on your list. Well, uh, I know. So I'm, I'm stoked. I, I love the raid. I love the raid too. And I was thinking about them. I'm like, I love those movies. And the reason I'm so, talking so passionately about it is because I was like, well, I haven't seen it since it came out, but I was like, I should watch this and see. And if I want to talk about it on the podcast and yeah, I watched it last night <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, this is on, this is obviously on the list. It's obvious. Yeah. Oh, so I'm yeah, still fired I'm, up. From I should watch it tonight. It. Yeah. And hell you know, yeah. I want to give a shout out to, uh, to how I actually discovered that this movie even existed in the first place. So Mike Shinoda of Lincoln Park actually did the score for this uh, for this film, and like it's a sick score. I I think it's really I think it's a great score. It's banging. It's it sounds. Yeah. It, it actually it kind of sounds like it would be. It's like uh, an early two thousands kind of sound, which makes sense, I guess, because he's like from Lincoln Park. But it, it does sound like a throwback, and it's already kind of now a ten year old movie. But it it just sounds like a throwback to a different time in like action movies, you know. And I lo- I yeah. love it. It's so good. And and you can totally hear also. I feel like there's uh, some influence in like John Wick. Like John Wick, I think kind of gets some of the feelings from it in some of the some of the tunes. Yeah, it's uh, it was a great score. And um, yeah, I I think I just I was following Mike Shinoda's blog, and I still love Mike Shinoda also. But yeah, he led me right to the movie, and I went and saw it in theaters, and I was just like, holy shit. I walked out feeling like I'd gotten punched in the face. It was awesome. <laughs> yep, it, it rocks. Uh, okay, well, I, I guess it's my turn again then at yeah, number it nine, is. right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, <clears throat> let's do it. Um, so number nine, I put down The Wolf of Wall Street mm. by Martin Scorsese, yeah. starring Leo DiCap. And uh, I feel like every, I feel like everyone you know has probably seen this movie, so I won't spend too much time talking about it. But like, man, what what a like funny fucking movie like i i don't think i've laughed that hard at any movie yeah on on in the last decade it was so funny leo was so good uh jonah hill was so good there there are so many people in there that are awesome but like particularly leo and jonah they just like god they just absolutely crush that with their performance this is the one where i was just like you know how the fuck did leo not win an oscar for this because <laughs> i thought he was like so good there are so many scenes. That, I mean, like, it's like, it's the type of movie that's like, it's horrible comedy that you shouldn't be laughing at because they're like destroying people's lives and saying things that they, they really shouldn't. But uh, right. it's a great, it's a great like commentary on the time too. Yeah. On the time. And then like you, you do see towards the end when you see him finally go like too far and, and everything's catching up to him. And like, I think there's the one scene where like, he he hits his wife or something like that and it's just like and that's the moment when you're just like all right i'm not rooting for this guy anymore like like fuck him right and it, and it does like it kind of glamorizes it at the beginning but then it takes you right back down at the end um yeah i, I thought that this movie was just like was awesome i wasn't i don't know what i was expecting when i saw it but i wasn't <laughs> expecting like this much fun but I, I i had a i had a whole heck of a lot of fun watching this movie 
Yeah, right on. Uh, see, that's one that could have easily been on mine. Uh, I also, I didn't, this didn't really be, be that much of an issue, but I was like, okay, I'm going to limit it. I'm not going to talk about multiple movies from a series. And I was also like, I kind of want to only talk about like, like multiple directors and stuff like that. And um, Martin Scorsese actually put out like, I feel like four or five movies in that last decade that uh, mm-hmm. I I loved a bunch, so I, I kind of had to limit it. So I don't have Wolf on mine, but, like, it easily could be. Right. Yeah, I just, like, th- this one to me it was just, like, so much fun. And it was just funny, and, you, you know, probably shouldn't, I probably shouldn't have laughed as much as I did for some of the scenes, but, like, yeah, it, it, uh, it, it, it blew me away. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be as funny as it was. Okay, yeah, yeah, it, there's a lot of great, yeah humor in some of his movies like he's good when it's like like you can almost feel when it's like meant to be a comedy <laughs> as opposed to some oh, yeah. other movies yeah yeah i agree well then yeah i might i mean maybe i'll go out of order here too and i'll i'll bring up a movie that i know you i don't well i don't know how you felt about it but um the irishman i have on my list and uh all right all right you're, you're kind of mixed on it i feel like um, but that's fine. <laughs> um, uh, I yeah, I, I love. I had to pick one of his movies, and this is one that I just love. Uh, I just kind of like with. I feel like with Wolf, and uh, I also recently watched his movie Silence, which came out in the last decade, um, and obviously from even before that. But like, he just does. He makes it seem so easy to have all these like very complex compelling characters and he makes it seem so easy like where they feel so they feel so real but so, and 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 in real in the sense that like it's it's not like where you just watch a movie where there's a protagonist who's the hero and it's not as it's also not as simple as like he's an anti-hero it's just like these are all just like these people with all these different intricacies and, and something Martin Scorsese talks about a lot is about like um, how contradictory people can be sometimes and, and how they Mm. act against their own interests and stuff like that. Uh, Or sometimes they act, they do things because they're so committed to something. And I don't know, this is all very vague, but I just feel like this movie was like the Irishman was kind of like (laughs) his masterwork in that regard. Like, just I felt everything about all these characters, and it was so, so compelling to me. Yeah, um, I I wouldn't say like I I loved the the Irishman, but I thought that like I the main problem for me was like it was so long. Like I, it's like a it's almost a four hour movie or something, right? Like it's really long. I don't, I don't think um, it's that long. It's no. it definitely tops it definitely tops three hours <laughs> three and for a half, sure. Yeah. It's, Let's see. Okay, so it's two hundred and nine minutes. So that's yeah. that's a long movie. So me, that the problem for me was like was kind of I thought that it actually really picked up in like the second act and then in the, in the third act. Um, but mm. the, the first act to me was was a little bit was a little bit slow and it didn't it didn't capture me. But I will say that like I thought that almost everyone to a man in the movie like acting wise was really on their game. Like really, and that's too. It felt like to me, it felt like a victory lap almost of, you know, a lot of these people, you know, who are just like legends at this point. Just felt like a yeah, just 
that that I get what you're saying. Like it's long, but like I I feel like a movie like a movie should like if it's gonna be that long, it should justify its length almost. Uh, and ones made by him or others like that really do. Like I actually I love like every moment of the movie. Like I I feel like. I'm just like luxuriating in it, you know, as opposed to going seeing some like, like every bloated blockbuster now has to be like over two and a half hours long. And I get this is an hour longer than that. But like when those movies should be like 90 minutes, <laughs> you know, so that's that's where I land on it is like I love a good short to the point like the raid is like an hour and 40 minutes. That's ideal. The raid shouldn't be three and a half hours long. But yeah, the right. Irishman, I just you know i love it i love i love living in that movie and like feeling those characters and everything uh you know i i and i don't hate long movies like i i love yeah. return of the king I, but like this, this movie is literally three hours and 48 minutes and like that's it's it too is, much for it me it is long yeah it's it, that's that's a that's a long mother <laughs> right there and like um you know i'm glad that i didn't like shut it off or anything like i i Mm. I stuck with it and i got to the end and i was just like okay like this actually did turn out to be like a a pretty good movie i I wouldn't say it was my favorite scorsese though yeah which is fine yeah you had wolf on there and you know if you get a chance you should check out silence uh you probably like the cast it's got adam driver andrew garfield liam neeson that sounds like a hell of a cast actually yeah it's amazing i didn't know I don't want to talk about this movie too much, but I didn't know I would be so moved by an Andrew Garfield performance. You know, he was amazing. So, yeah, he, he was really good in Social Network. Uh, you know, right? Yeah. Andrew. Okay. Actually, yeah, so was so was Justin Timberlake. He was awesome in that mm, movie. JT. JT is actually a sick actor. I don't care what anybody says. Was that one movie with the time where they had a limited amount of time? Do you remember that? limited amount of time it was like a dystopian future world and like everyone had like time was like a currency of like your life <laughs> it's it looks know, so stupid. That sounds sick <laughs> we should watch it yeah it, it, i'm sure it's horrible but i'm not trying to take away um, from jt yeah, shout out to jt um okay my my number eight i you know what i wasn't gonna include it and i was like god damn it no i'm going to i feel no shame oh my in god saying that the Dark Knight Rises is my number eight. <laughs> okay. I I don't care what anybody says. I love this movie. I love Bane. He's awesome. Uh, I, it was, I'll the, give you that. was the conclusion. It was the conclusion to the best superhero kind of series that we had ever seen. And yeah, you just you got such a nice ending for all of these characters with like Bruce and Selina, and then like the the final shot with Gordon telling. When when Bruce tell or Batman tells him that that Gordon like you know put his coat around him as a young boy and that really changed or helped him in a moment of need, um, yeah this this movie rocks. Like if you if you really look at it in like a, in like analytical kind of way, <laughs> I think that it kind of falls apart because you're like why the fuck would Wayne Tech's like entire like like tech department be on the ground level that Bane could just blow up into the sewer? But like you know what. Whatever, I don't care. It was fun. Uh, I thought that Bane was absolutely great. We're still doing the Bane voice like eight years later. You're right. We're still, yeah. you know, it it had a lasting impact. Um, so yeah, Dark Knight Rises. I I 
would probably admit that in in a lot of ways it's probably the weakest of the three movies. But you know I'd what? I just that. don't care. I I don't care. I I had a lot of fun. I loved it when it came out. I saw it like five times in theaters. Wow. Uh, I I just I love it. I love it. And I, I and I'm not ashamed. Honesty. No, yeah. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> uh I saw this movie once in theaters and I at the time I really didn't like it. Um I don't think I would like it too if I went back to it, but I'll agree with what you said. Um Bane, the Bane stuff, like that was pretty memorable, pretty iconic and uh Tom Hardy should be commended for <laughs> for that. Yeah, he he fucking owns in that. And I, I like a couple weeks ago, we were, I think there was a tweet or something that said, like, um, or no, maybe Christopher Nolan was saying that, like, people would appreciate Tom Hardy's performance or whatever in, in a it couple years. It has to like, be appreciated or something, yeah. I, from from my vantage point, I remember everyone, like, really liking it, and the only kind of complaints being that it was a little bit hard to hear him. And that's all that I really remember. But, like, he was, like, he was so menacing. He was so, like, his eyes from that mask, they just looked at you. It's like they were mm. looking through your flesh and like the way that he was like, it was great because in the first movie, you kind of had Batman fighting this like psychological villain in the scarecrow and like kind of this, the shadowy, basically he was fighting like an ideal against the league of shadows and stuff like that. And then, then the second movie, he was kind of fighting like this, this chaotic force, this, this, this idea that, you know, is completely antithetical to what Batman is. And then finally, in the third movie, like, you're actually fighting someone physical. Because, like, we haven't really seen Batman challenged physically at any point in, that, that the, was in the franchise. That was a cool element, yeah. So, yeah, I loved it. I, and, you know, I also loved Catwoman. I thought that she was great. Anne Hathaway doesn't get enough credit for being a great that, Catwoman. I don't remember as being mem- as memorable for me. Um, I honestly, I can't tell you what level of, like, not liking it I had at the time. I, I can't remember if I was, like... Because I, I, I went in like, oh, I, lo- I loved The Dark Knight at the time, but I, I didn't really I didn't really have like a big, I wasn't like a big Batman fan. I think I just went in the middle of the day with a friend on, on kind of a whim, and I can't, I can't remember how I really felt about it, but yeah. I, I'm personally not really a big fan, but I can appreciate what you have said. Uh, well, I, I feel like a lot of people out there are probably going to shit on that one, but you know what? I don't care. I love the Dark Knight Rises. That's Spateri uh, 316. I, I'm going to say it loudly. That's Spateri 316. Yeah. Tired so, yeah, of being shut down. Tired of people <laughs> trampling all over you. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Let's keep it going, Goo. What, what do you got for us next? Um, This was a movie that I... I I, I bumped off some of the movies I said that I felt bad about to put this one on. It was in like the 11 to 15 range, but I was like, you know what? This is top a top-notch movie to me. You tried to guess it, and I said, no, it's not on the list, but it is now, and that's Parasite. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I, I almost had, like, there was something, you made me think of it earlier, maybe with, like, well, I don't know, it's in all these movies, like John Wick and The Wolf of Wall Street, um, in that I, I love a movie that can make me feel like almost every human emotion possible, you know? And this movie has that. Like, it's, you know, it's a, it's like a weird, it's like a thriller, a drama. It's horrific. It's funny. Um, and the craft, it's just the craftsmanship. It's a, it's a math, like in, in terms of like the form of filmmaking or whatever, it's just 
an impressive movie on like on every level. Um, and yeah, it's a, and like, it's something that, uh, it stuck with me for a while after watching it too. Cause it's, um, you know, it's like this exploration of the effect that everyone has from like living under capitalism or whatever. But, uh, it, it approaches it in such a like more unique way, more interesting than just like, ah, it's bad or ah, it's good. You know, it just, it shows how it affects all these different types of people. Um, and it's it just feels very real, you know. And it, it, again, it has all these fascinating characters that, are, like I was saying, with like the Scorsese movies, where it's like you just mm-hmm. kind of feel all these different things they're experiencing. And it yeah, it just carries all these like tones on its back so effortlessly. And uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, what? I I still haven't gotten around to watching that movie. Hmm. And yeah, I don't you, know why. You might like it. You might like that one. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that I that I probably will. I just uh, I, maybe I was waiting for it to hit Netflix or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think, yeah. I I'll definitely check it out as soon as I can. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it it's one that uh, I I think about from time to time and just it it hit me in a in a particular way. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um. Okay. Well, I'm gonna hit you with my number seven here. And this is a movie that I, I'm pretty sure that you like as well. Ooh. But uh, when I was looking back, I was actually like putting together this list and I was surprised how like how consistently high I ranked this. Like I, if you would have asked me before we did research for this episode, I wouldn't have said that this was a top 10 film. But here we go. Number seven for me is Get Out by Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Um, again, such like a it's like it's such an awesome like awesomely disturbing movie because it's like it gives you that sensation where like you're watching it and like it's like things are too perfect and you and you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop and you're like and you're like this this isn't right this can't like something bad is gonna happen here and it's just like something isn't right and you don't know quite what it is and like i'll never forget the scene where like the um the main character chris is outside at night he's he's like secretly trying to smoke and like there's someone running top speed at him. (laughs) Like it scared, it scared the shit out of me. And like, it sounds ridiculous when you say it, but like that was so creepy or like, and and as you kind of peel back the layers of like what's going on with this sinister, like plot and this, it's like this kind of goofy, like thing that they're doing. They're transferring consciousness between bodies or whatever, but like they make it work and it never seems hokey. Um, I, I thought that it was great. And then like, the reveal with Rose was like so mm-hmm. heartbreaking and devastating, but also is like inevitable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- this is great. This was a great movie. And yeah. I was like, like I said, I was like surprised how much I was like, okay, like I, yeah, I think this is a top 10 for me. Yeah. It was, it was in there for me too. And I just didn't, uh, I didn't mention it was in my honorable mentions, but I didn't mention it cause I thought you might bring it up, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, I love I love it too, and I love I I because I, I I thought I saw someone say like recently like what's what's been a movie uh it, it was this was a, almost a counterpoint to it because it's like what's been a like there hasn't been really a movie that has like captured like the Trump era that well 
And someone said, well, this movie kind of does, but it's it's not even really about that. It's actually it's about like it's it's about probably I w- something I assume Jordan Peele has experienced more, which is sort of like the nice white liberal racism. You know what I mean? Like I love mm-hmm. I it always sticks with me the moment he meets the dad and he's like, you know, I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's it which is something that's like also like insidious there too like it's just underneath the surface you know it's not it's not like mega people or whatever going out screaming in your face type of racism you know and so i i think that's like subliminal and it's creepy yeah and that's i mean that's what it's yeah it's the movie really hits that i I love too that it's um as a like horror or thriller movie or whatever it is it's again it's like to the point it's it's an hour and like 45 minutes or something you know what i mean like it's it is mm-hmm. just like boom boom like it almost feels short but in like a good way you know it's like the pacing is just awesome you know and all the actually performances I... are awesome oh yeah absolutely i think like um the two main performances uh what are their names uh daniel Kal- kaluuya and yeah. Allison Williams, if I'm looking at that, yeah, mm-hmm. they were like especially like really awesome. You know, I was thinking of this movie the other day actually because I was watching, or I'd started to watch on Netflix. I'm thinking of ending things, which had a really cool looking trailer. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Good. No, no, I've I've heard of it, but. And so I was watching it, and like they were driving together in the in the car for like like 25 minutes, and like nothing. It wasn't engaging at all, and it, it kind of made me think of, like, Get Out, because it's, like, almost a similar premise where, like, you're meeting your parents for the first time, and, like, it's this new couple, and, it, like, there's some other kind of trippy stuff going on, but, like, when I was watching that, I was like, fuck, this sucks, like, let's speed it up, and let's get to the point, <laughs> and it just made me appreciate Get Get Out yeah. even more. Well, that's, uh, well, I haven't seen that, but that's, like, a different kind of movie almost, too, so it yeah, it's more, like, I don't know reflective like sitting around thinking about stuff type of movie <laughs> well I, yeah jordan, uh, jordan peele he's and, and us was great too it i i like get out more but i thought it was a, a great if not it wasn't as like tight of a movie but uh it was very interesting and very cool so yeah i thought that you didn't like us for some reason actually no i did yeah I do like that movie. I just oh, don't yeah, like, I liked I liked it a lot. It was just a bit more um I I don't know, like I just feel like Get Out is such a like tight little package of a movie, you know what I mean? And Us is a bit which I I I like it. I like that I don't, you know, not every movie should be the same. I like that Us is a bit more it's a bit more goofy, <laughs> you know, like there's just it's there's a lot of like loose threads in that that are like what's going on here? In, in a way that I actually kind of like. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I thought that Us was good, but it, I, I think that Get Out is better. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, is that to me now then? My number seven? Um, uh, the ball is in your court. Yes. Okay. This is another. No, no, no. This should be number, this should be number six. Oh, six. Oh, yeah. My numbering's off because I, I had Irishman actually at three, but I. It just made sense to talk about it. Anyway, my whatever number is um, uh, another movie that it just really personally got to me. I haven't actually watched it since then, but uh, I was kind of thinking I always think about it. And then I was kind of like, 
re-remembering stuff lately, and I was like, yep, totally. Uh, which is this movie called Nebraska. <laughs> um, and uh, it is a movie. star. It's got Will Forte, who's like a comedic actor who was on SNL, which was really, it really intrigued me at the time. Uh, and his father is played by the legend Bruce Dern. And it's like this, it's like this almost, it's like a family drama between the two of them. It's comedic too at times, but it's about him traveling with his father who's kind of senile to uh, Nebraska from Montana because uh, his dad thinks he's won <clears throat> one of those like sweepstakes things that's probably not real. Um, and it's just kind of a movie about exploring their relationship. Uh, they also have his brother played by Bob Odenkirk. Um, but it's ex- just exploring this character who's kind of like, uh, he just works at like a retail store while his brother's successful. And he has like this estranged relationship with his dad. Um, but the, the thing that like really hits me about it is it that it just captures, um, the Midwest, uh, so well. And, uh, it, it captures kind of like, the quirky and funny side of it that you kind of poke fun at, but also kind of the banality of it or whatever, like kind of just the like straightforward, like boring nature of it. Not, I don't even mean boring in like a negative way, but def- there is some negatives to it. But anyway, it, it just really hit home for me. Cause like there's, there's just a scene where they go, they end up in his dad's hometown and there's a lot of time spent there with like, reconnecting with his old like friends and like they think he's won the sweepstakes is going to be a millionaire too so there's this funny aspect where they're all (laughs) sucking up to him but they go visit his actual family and uh will forte's character is interacting with a lot of his family he hasn't seen in a while and just the like type of people that they all are like i saw a lot of my own interactions with my family there and how strange and like awkward and like this uniquely kind of Midwest. I'm sure it's universal too, but I don't know. It just really, uh, it really <laughs> struck me in that way. And so I just, I don't know. It, it just really, uh, I don't know. It's, it's great. It's, it's a great movie. And um, if you're from the Midwest, you probably love it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, would it surprise you to know that I have not seen that? <laughs> Uh, no, it doesn't surprise me though. You know, maybe, maybe you'd get something out of it. It's just, it takes place just South of you. Right. So that's true. Yeah, that yeah. is true. Maybe, maybe there's um, something to the, the Canadian Midwest or whatever you call your region. What's your region? Uh, we're, we're the West. The, yeah. there's a show about the Canadian Midwest. It's called corner gas. I've heard about <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a Canadian Saskatchewan kind of thing. I'm not really um, sure if yeah, Mon- but- I don't think Montana's the Midwest and Nebraska might be, but it it is the same feeling, you know. I I still have problems kind of placing like I I feel like I know most of like the border states, like the ones that are on the coast and the ones that are on like the bottom, but like when you get to the middle, like for me my geography just kind of mixes together <laughs> like a big smoothie. They're a lot more I, squares. I, it's hard for me. Yeah, well there's you guys have so many states. Like you have an, an absurd amount of states. <laughs> Nobody needs that many states. Yeah, yeah. I so I yeah, take it or leave it. I guess 
We could we could shake him up, sure. Um, yeah, it was. It looks like it was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards, so it probably is pretty freaking good. Yeah, it was cool, and it was cool again to see someone who I've only seen be like MacGruber on SNL be like <laughs> this, it, like a purely. Well, there's there's a lot of comedy in the movie, but you know what I mean, like a very yeah meaty role, and yeah, I don't know. It's just if you just anyone out there, if you just want to get a glimpse of it, if you just go like look up the scene where he's like meeting his family, it it really like when I first saw it when I was younger, when I was in my early twenties, I just thought of like how awful is this? Like how you know like this poor schmuck is in this awkward situation with his family. But then, like, not watching it now, I just see, like, you know, stuff that I saw at the time, but, like, really connect with more of, like, how kind of pathetic, and I'm not even in a judgmental way, but, like, the character's kind of down and pathetic and and sad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I see, I feel that way sometimes, too. So, like, now I watch it, or I, I haven't watched it again, but it, <laughs> it hits me in a different way when I think about it, you know, of, like, yeah, like, this it's probably it's probably hard for him to open up to his family to his father but like i you know this guy also seems like kind of hard to connect with too so i don't know it's very personal to me like it it's very like a therapeutic movie almost so i i gotta rewatch it there you go there you go um okay well i will i'm gonna keep this list going i feel like my list is like way more basic than yours i put in some blockbusters here but you know what Again, yours is more fun. Really Mine's care. like I thought about I thought about my grandpa when I watched Nebraska. <laughs> you know? uh, well, I'm gonna we're getting away from grandpas. We're going back to the world of Christopher Nolan. Number six. Everybody in the world has seen this, so I won't talk about it too much. Oh. Inception, such a such an awesome movie. Um, again, great performance by Leo. Such a such a cool concept and like. Like really, just at its core, it's like an awesome heist movie, which I kind of love. Like I'm, I'm just a sucker for like heist movies and like pulling off the perfect caper or whatever. <laughs> I love a good um, caper. It, it's, dude, like actually, it's got like a, a sick supporting cast. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, like I feel like I feel like everyone in the world has seen Inception, <laughs> so like I don't need to to beat it up too much. We all know like about the cool hotel fight scene where like the the gravity is all wonky and stuff. Um, just a, like, what a great, great movie, and also just a fantastic score too, by uh, by Hans Zimmer. What a mm. what a wicked soundtrack it had. Yeah, I've seen so, it. Yeah, Inception. I saw it on a, I saw it on a plane, and like I couldn't hear what was happening really, like through the crappy earbuds. So like I don't know if right. I really watched this movie because <laughs> like if you I don't know. Uh, so I don't have much to say about it mostly because I haven't really seen it but I, I don't know if it would be one that i am big on i'm not a big i'm not a big nolan fan personally but um yeah if i had to pick a nolan uh, movie I, I liked uh dunkirk a lot so i was gonna say I, I don't know if it would be your cup of tea per se but it does kind of have like the same kind of thing that dunkirk had where like there's so in dunkirk with the three different timelines going on all at once um, mm. you kind of get like the same idea in inception. Cause you have like the multiple different layers of the dream happening at one point. And like you, you see these characters interacting, like time is moving, time moves more rapidly, the deeper that you get. So what takes one character, like, you know, two seconds to do takes like an hour for the other characters to do and et cetera, et cetera. It's so, like, 
it's just like really clever. Mm. It's a really clever idea. It's a really clever, like the execution is really clever. Um, I feel like this was also like kind of the, the coming out party for Tom Hardy. Cause like, I don't know that he was a big household name before this, but like after this movie, like mm-hmm. it felt like he was just like, he was a made man where like he wanted, like everybody wanted Tom Hardy. So well, yeah, he- like just a lot of like really good, a lot of really good ideas. Good. Like just solid. Everything It's just, it's such a solid movie. Tom, Tom Hardy, actually, he had a, like a bit of a roller coaster before he was in that. Um, so this probably solidified it. Cause he was in, he was in Star Trek nemesis <laughs> in 2002 and, uh, it's a bad movie and he plays a bad role and it's one of his early films and he got shit on. And then, uh, actually I, I had heard that he kind of, after that, he <laughs> like went a little nuts and got super buff <laughs> And uh, <laughs> then he he had a kind of a coming out in uh, this independent movie Bronson, and then I think that was kind of his his jumping point yeah. to be in blockbusters, like when he got picked up for Inception. So if if it's got anything, I'll say it it relaunched the career of one of my favorite guys. <laughs> there you go. Uh, did he did he make the movie Warrior before or after Inception? I can't remember. Uh, that, like MMA movie. That was what year was that? That was 2011. So the year uh, after. Oh, that would have been after. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I remember watching that for some reason too, even though I like don't like MMA, and he was pretty good in that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Tom Tom Hardy's pretty sick. Yeah, I love. I so love yeah, him. there it is. Number six, Inception. I feel like that was on like everybody's best of the decade list or like most places I looked, but uh, whatever. I don't care. It's there for a reason. <laughs> yeah, by God. Yeah. You you're not don't don't call yourself basic. <laughs> um, okay, it's kind of true though. Okay, fair enough. You're you're basic <laughs> boy. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, my I know my next one you do not like, so this will be fun. But my next movie is Hereditary. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, so, <laughs> so this is great because, you know, we're having a bit of a cultural exchange here between you and I. But um. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, what do you say about this movie to Andy right now? That's what I wonder. Uh, I think I love about it's it's obvious stuff. It's been said about the movie a million times, but I, to me, it builds so much horror, suspense, uh, grief, all these things. It, it's it does it by slowly turning the knob on what feel like real life tensions throughout the movie. Uh, real, real emotions. I will say, um, and it's not. There's not a single like jump scare in, in the movie. So that's that's obvious. That's a basic. I'm here with a, some basic opinions too. But everyone has said that. But that's the thing I love about it. And it mixes. Uh, you know, I I watch it every time I watch it. I think this freaks me out. I'm gonna be freaked out. But what I'm stricken with throughout most of the movie is this overwhelming grief. <laughs> And every time I watch it, it makes me cry <laughs> and I, and I become a big baby and I become so overwhelmed with all this. Yeah. All the grief and, and terror <laughs> that's in it. And then to me, it releases at the end in this, it's like a dam bursting and it's so overwhelming and incredible. I think the ending is 
fantastic. <laughs> you know what? I, w- I will say that I, I liked the ending. Because the ending, spoilers to anyone that hasn't seen this. So basically, they're, they're trying to, like, convert the brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. At, at the ending? Yeah. So I, I kind of liked that idea that the brother was, like, slowly being, like, groomed, maybe even against his will, to be the leader of that, like, cult or whatever the hell it was. Right. I... But- yeah, they wanted to put the old leader's bot- soul into him or whatever, yeah. Or the demon yeah. or whatever, yeah. That was cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I I I just thought it was kind of hokey. Like, the the ghost... Like, I, I'm not a big, like, paranormal kind of fan. Like, I just... I think that shit's kind of hokey to me. And, like, there is one scene at the end where, like, her body's kind of, like, flying around or, like, jumping on walls or something like that. And I was... I don't know. I was that's kind of like that's the that's the release that gets me. I feel like that scene is so crazy and overwhelming. Uh, it's yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't for and me. And I, again, I thought that that was like hokey. It does it to me with such a restraint throughout the movie to lead to that because there's all these p- moments in the movie that are clearly like you could just set this this like jump scare into it show something so freaky, but instead it's always so restrained up until the end. Um, one great example I can think of is when she goes to, and her, her like friend shows her how she communicated with her dead son for the first time. And they do sort of this seance or whatever. And it's this like, Oh, if you can hear me move the cup type thing. Right. And mm-hmm. they have their hands on the cup and, um, you know, so this is a great moment to have something really scary, but what you see is you see the cup move for a little bit and then you see Tony Collette's character because like react how you would in real life to this thing, which is she's overwhelmed and terrified and the camera moves up <laughs> from the cup and is just showing her reaction to all this while the music swells and you hear the woman talking and the cup moving, but you don't see it. It's just. It's just you're getting her pure reaction to it, and I, and I thought that was that to me that was, it sold actually how horrifying, or like not horrifying, but how, like scary that that would actually be. Of course, in the moment I'm watching it, I'm not scared. I'm like, I'm watching her, and I'm like, holy fucking shit! You know what I mean? Like it felt real to me, and that and they have a lot of moments like that, and then you get to the end where, you know, he's the son's smashing his face on his fucking desk and the husband's l- bursts into flames bursts into fire got it yeah, yeah I, I and when she i don't know e- like even the way that that the little girl died i thought was like fucking hokey where she was like beheaded on the highway or something like that i was oh, yeah, i, I thought I was that was like, uh... amazing scene yeah <laughs> it would have been an it would have been an amazing scene if this was a comedy like in like a horror comedy movie that would have been awesome, but I, I thought that it just didn't really fit the the tone. But I'm I'm in the minority about this. I know that everyone. Yeah, this movie. you basic idiot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you basic motherfucker. The only thing that doesn't make sense is they they go to this party right, and it's like a high school party. They're drinking and stuff, and they're just baking at the party. That you know, and she eats the stuff with the peanuts in it. But like, who's baking? <laughs> At this like <laughs> high school party, no one bakes. At a, uh, maybe if someone has, you know, let me know. But maybe if they were like like 
magic brownies or something like that. I could have bought that. Mm, you know, maybe. No, I don't think it was, though. They were smoking weed. He was smoking weed and not watching his sister, but I don't know. It's it's fucked up. The movie's fucked up. It's it's bad. Uh, yeah, I I, I don't know. That, you know what? I I'm not gonna dump on it though anymore because this uh, you know what this is our list and we'll we'll disagree on a few I'm but, sure. Yeah, yeah. So here we are. You know what? And it wasn't it wasn't like I was when I was done watching it. I was just like, oh, that was absolutely terrible. I was just like, oh, okay, that's that was all it's, right. It has a lot it also going had the against problem, it for you too because you don't like that sort of thing. So that's fair, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, in addition to that too, I think I just heard like how awesome it was. Mm. You know, which, which also kind of like uh, sets the bar maybe a little bit higher than than yeah um, it should have been. I, I don't like to overhype movies to people too. Um, John John Wick is like the only thing I'll do that too because it's like if you don't like John Wick, fine, whatever. Like you're dumb. Um, but uh, <laughs> like yeah, like I, I was talking Mossy's our buddy Mossy's used recently watched Hereditary, and I was like oh, and he was like what what have you seen it? I'm like yeah, and he's like what do you think about it? And I don't want to tell him like oh I think it's one of the, the like my favorite films I've ever seen. Cause I'm like, I don't want to overhype it. You know what I mean? But, uh, I feel right, that way about right. a lot of movies recently when we were talking about everyone saying, Andy, you got to watch die hard. I, you know, I think die hard is one of my favorite action movies of all time. But I, I like, to me, it's like, I don't think that's going to convince someone that they're going to watch in like a movie going like what you haven't seen it. You have to see it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And, like, uh, yeah, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was, uh, I don't know. I, I I think you're right. I think I had had the, the movie hyped up to me a lot, and I when I watched it, it was, it was probably, it would have had to be, like, really, really, really good to to meet that. And like you said, I was kind of at a disadvantage anyways, so. Because, yeah, there you go. Right on. I don't want to, I don't want to beat up on poor Hereditary anymore. It's number, what is it, number five on your list? Uh yeah, five. Alright. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my number five, so you can beat up on that. Um, <laughs> okay. or actually maybe not, because I, I think that I think We're that you like this movie. Blows. <laughs> yeah. Uh my number five is Drive. Oh released right on, in yeah. twenty eleven. Um what a like such a sick movie. Uh, like so good. So this I, I'm probably not alone in saying this, but this movie is kind of what got me into um, synthwave. As like, like I listen to a lot of synthwave and like that that kind of music. Um, and and this movie was like a really big like influence on that genre and kind of bringing it to a little bit more of a of a mainstream audience in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So uh, the soundtrack I think is like <laughs> is is so good. It's like it feels like. It feels like it's like a, a movie out of its time for me. Like this feels like a 1960s movie to me, but like modernized. And like you've got Ryan Gosling who like he doesn't say very much. And but I think that that's perfect for what they're doing with him in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you've got like this movie has like an amazing, like an amazing cast. Like like Oscar Isaacs is here. Christina Hendricks, Brian Cranston. Um, but I think probably the best one is actually um, Albert Brooks, who like. When I heard the voice, I was like, "Oh, that's uh, that's the guy from <laughs> Finding Nemo," and he just like whips ass in this movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just like it's such a good like kind of almost film noir style like like movie. It's just I don't know what I was expecting when I watched it, but like I I loved it. It's so 
it's so stylish and it's so precise with with every word spoken i feel like that uh yeah this is this is a movie that i watch probably like once a year at least just when i when i can't find something to watch mm. i'll throw this on and like you know um that i i love it it's a great it's a great movie yeah that's one i really liked um i i haven't i've only seen it the one time which and i probably saw it like uh like a year or so after it came out at home but i you know i really enjoyed it um so you know maybe if i had seen it more recently it's not one that i you know had like held dear all these years but it, i remember it being yeah. just a movie i really liked and and all the things you said about it are uh are true yeah i, I mean like i feel like me. it's <laughs> it's not like a deep story necessarily i think that this movie is like slightly like it slightly is it leans into style over substance a little bit, but I think that there is substance to it as well. So yeah, it's, uh, um, this isn't the last that we've seen Mr. Gosling oh. on my list. I just, he's, he's such a sick actor. Actually. He's one of my favorite actors. I think of like the, of the newer generation of actors. I really love Ryan. Gosling. I do. I do like him a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know like what. Yeah. I think he's really good. I, I do really like him. Um, I will say, that uh, the director of this movie, Nicholas, <laughs> I don't even know how you say his last name. Wendy Greffin. Greffin. Yeah. Whatever the hell it is. I don't know. So I um, I was like, oh, this is a director that I should follow because he obviously makes movies that are kind of up my alley. And then I saw The Neon Demon on Netflix. And for the first hour, that was a sick movie. And then it turned into one of the like worst movie experiences <laughs> of my entire life. Oh, so. No. Shout out and also fuck you to this director. I've never, I've never seen it, it, so. I think you'd hate it, but I you'd either hate it or love it. I'm not sure. Okay, that's it's, that. I it's love pretty, that chance. I'm gonna. I can take that. It's it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> it, like to me, I thought it was fucked up, and it like completely changed like directions and changed course. Mm, okay, I, I could be down for that sometimes. So. We'll see. So yeah, there it is. <laughs> Number five, Drive. Okay. Good pick. Um, all right, moving along for me. Uh, I have a, I have a bit of a run of, a, of horror movies here, I guess you could say. But my next movie is the movie Mandy, um, starring Nicolas Cage. And uh, this was a great film to see in theaters, actually. I saw it in kind of a small like little theater with actually like kind of a small screen but it was like very nice and uh uh intimate in that sense but um this is this movie just it takes all these vibes you know what similar actually to drive like kind of having this like it like you can almost associate it with like a genre <laughs> um mandy i feel like almost like has like a stoner metal <laughs> vibe like a drone metal vibe uh it's like it's got that kind of soundtrack and it's like it's it's shot so beautifully and it captures like this kind of cosmic horror vibe uh but what it's actually about isn't like anything really too cosmic it's it's more of a, like a revenge story where nick cage he goes on this revenge uh 
after a cult like kidnaps uh, his girlfriend or wife. I can't even remember this character, Mandy, the titular character. And um, it's just weird. It's like psychedelic. Um, you've got Nick Cage giving like, I think one of his best performances and like in, in, in a movie that's great for it too, because it, it demands of him to do like, like insane cage. And it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like exactly what the movie is, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, it, uh, yeah. And the cast is awesome. Uh, and yeah, it's just a it's just a beautiful movie. It's got a uh what's his name? Bill Duke, a famous uh character actor in there too in a small part, but all in all, yeah, just a wild cosmic uh messed up movie. And you know what? It's got our boy um uh Richard Brake. <laughs> he played I don't remember specifically what his character did, but he played Portman in Doom was he the guy in like oh the yeah that's right he was the guy in like the wheelchair or something like that um I was looking at his face and I was like where have I seen this guy before he's also in Batman Begins right yeah he's kind of I, re- I recognize this guy they really utilize a lot of like character actors who are just like in everything which are like my favorite type of people to see in movies but um mm-hmm. yeah just a. Oh yeah, it's got Linus Roach is the cult leader. He plays Thomas Wayne in Batman Begins. There you go. Um, oh, there you go. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I you know I I watched I watched this movie stone sober, but you could probably get super baked and watch this, and it would <laughs> uh, terrify you. I did think going into it, I remember seeing the trailer, and I was like excited because I was like, this looks insane. This looks like to me. I felt like they were utilizing Nick Cage in a way that like John Wick utilized Keanu where it's just like a, a movie that feels like distills their essence, you know what I mean? And uh yeah. there's a scene there is some like crazy violence and like some action in it, but it's really just like kind of a like the stoner doom metal really fits. It's just like kind of like just like stomping along at this like crazy like slow deliberate evil pace <laughs> i don't even know how to describe it but in the trailer there's like you see a shot that's in the movie where he's like forging this like he, like full-size battle axe <laughs> and i was just like whoa he's gonna be like and there's like these crazy like hellraiser looking biker guys and i was like oh this is gonna be like crazy action movie but it's really not <laughs> but uh there are some cool scenes of him like fucking up these crazy hellraiser biker guys and he <laughs> and he then he like takes i'm pretty sure he takes like a huge ass line of coke or something like that too like um after doing so or during doing so um yeah it's it's a fucking crazy movie i love it yeah i remember watching the trailer for this and i was like i gotta fucking see this movie and i <laughs> and i haven't yet but i think you might have actually sold me on it i think i might try and go out of my way to watch it like soon like this week while i'm still on holidays Hell yeah because i yeah i remember watching the trailer and i was like what the fuck is this this looks so <laughs> bonkers and like so like gloriously bonkers yeah it yeah it's fucking weird it it is very <laughs> weird there's like there's like randomly a tiger in it like 
but it, it's just like walking. It's just like hanging out, and it's just like whoa. <laughs> I forgot what meeting it actually had. Um, but uh, yeah, it does. I mean, with the cult and everything, it shows this kind of. It's really just about how cruel people can be. I guess you know, like kind of a basic thing. So <laughs> there's that too. Uh, yeah, man. I I think I might have to like go out of my way to to track this down and and pop it in because uh yeah. You kind of sold me. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm going to go get on to number four on my list. I'm being basic again. I don't care. This is one of my... So for me, my top four are like kind of on a a different rung than my bottom six. Those The bottom six could kind of be mixed around um, on a day-to-day, but I think my top four would stay my top four, although those could probably be mixed around too. But I'll kick it off with the first one here. Into the Spider-Verse. This, you know, kind of a running theme for me is like, when I see these movies that I really love, I didn't have like high expectations of them. Okay, yeah. And like, I especially didn't have high expectations of like Spider-Man because I was like, this fucking guy has been run into the ground over like the last decade or whatever. Like, feels like there's a million Spider-Man movies and like all of them are are just okay. Um, But man, this one... This one has, like, so much heart. I loved Miles as a protagonist. He was so likable. He was so fantastic. Um, the supporting cast around him, Peter B. Parker, I thought was, like, just a just a perfect kind of mentor. And, like, they really nailed his character. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the movie looks, like, so freaking cool. You've got all these different styles that are kind of clashing together. The, the soundtrack just fucking slaps. Like, every tune is, <laughs> is just awesome um and it's it's like a great emotional story like you have so many good moments with like miles and his dad miles and his uncle miles and and peter um the the man and the last cameo with stan lee when he was telling you that the suit always fits eventually i remember seeing that just after he passed away and that just kind of hit me like like wow like that's this is the last one that we're that we're gonna see i don't think it was but um, yeah, i don't think so. i remember that and yeah, I just like, I thought that it was like such a fantastic movie. It was like just a visual delight. But uh, you know what? I, I think it all goes back to, for me, like just like Miles, the character. I thought that he was just like so well done and so relatable and so believable and like so likable that it really, like really elevated that to to the next level for me. And like, you know, obviously all the other stuff I talked about, like the cool visuals and the music and and the characters and like the different art styles, like that's all awesome. But like, I, yeah, I think it was really miles that like really Mm. made this one stand out to me. So I didn't have high expectations going into this at all. Like at all, actually, I I barely even knew who miles Morales was before watching this movie, but I came out of there Mm. just like, fuck, this was so sick. Was it going into it? Cause I feel like once I saw the trailer, like once it was announced, I saw the trailer and it was just like, look how visually stunning it was. Like you could see that right away. So I, I kind of had yeah high expectations of it because it really felt like, like you don't see that and feel like, oh, that like they're not just churning something out here. Like there's some effort here. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I yeah, it's a I that's a I love that movie. It's it's a lot of fun. Um. Nicholas Cage is also in that, so that's good. Fuck <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, he is. Uh, quite a different performance, but yeah, and I love. I I think there's something to be said that it's actually kind of. 
I mean, it's crazy and all over the place, but it's actually like kind of a simple movie um, in a like in the right way. Like it's not actually like convoluted plot wise. It's just got like goofy time travel stuff that yeah. doesn't or not time travel, but like cross dimensional stuff that doesn't really matter. And it's it's like it's very easy to follow, I feel like. Yeah. And I in a way that I'm I don't know, I'm I'm expecting and who knows, maybe it'd be a surprise, but I'm expecting this like new Spider-Verse live action Spider-Verse they seem to be doing is not going to be. <laughs> it sounds like it's, it'll be stupid, but that's just me. No, I, I feel like I I feel like the the live action Spider-Verse where like they're casting everybody in the world for Spider-Man 3 is going to like is going to suck. And like I it, and that's kind of my point is like going into this Spider-Man movie, like I'd seen the trailers and like, it looked really crazy and like really visually pleasing, but I was just like, you know what? I feel like every Spider-Man movie I've seen or even like Spider-Man appearance I've seen in like the last couple of years has been like, eh, like eh at best and like mm. awful at worst. So I wasn't like super, super jazzed up, but I was like, okay, well this movie looks like really cool. So I want to go check it out. But yeah, it just like freaking blew me away with like, how how good it was and like how much hard it had i mean like you're right it's not like a it's not like a super convoluted story like i mean basically it's an origin story right but Mm -hmm. like i just thought that it was like so so well done like so well done yeah yeah and there there'll be more of that too right right so that'll be cool maybe with oscar isaac he was in the post credits right Oh yeah, that's right. As uh, <laughs> Spider Man twenty ninety nine, yeah, that's I'm, pretty. That's pretty dope. I'm looking forward to more. I I definitely think it's much better than, um, the recent run of Spider Man movies. But it's so different. It's like I don't even I don't even compare them. But then even when I do, it's like, uh, way those are way less interesting. Obviously. Yeah, and like I, I don't know that the the sequel is is going to be able to recapture that same kind of magic, but I hope that it does. I hope it does. If uh, because to, to me, what's good about it is, you know, they had it. It felt like they got to do their own thing. You know, they're not they're not following some, you know, bullet bulletin point forward by Disney on like what Spider Man's got to do. You know, it's a Sony movie. Yeah, yeah. And they clearly just put it in the hands of someone and they made a movie. I'm obviously there's studio interference with all these big movies, but you know what I mean? It just feels like it felt more of its own thing. And so I'm hoping that, cause sometimes I feel like what happens is with these popular movies, it's like, well now they care. Now they really care about it. So they're going to have their eyes and hands on it more. <laughs> so I just hope that like Sony or whatever, they don't interfere and, just let the people who made it make another movie they want to make, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You took the words out of my mouth. Totally agree. All right. Awesome. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll do my next one, huh? Uh, I'm going to conclude my, the horror trilogy that I was sort of working here, but uh, this one I think takes the cake. Uh, it's the movie, the witch. Have you seen this movie? You know, I've seen bits and parts. I think I I watched it, and uh, I want to. I 
think I just fell asleep on the couch, to be honest, wow. and, and it was like super late. But uh, okay, okay. so not enough, not enough to give a, a good commentary mm. on it. Well, everything. So everything about this movie in particular, and this is why I would have it so high. Is everything about it is so perfect to me, like down to like the thread of it all, like um, the the obviously the attention to detail in the production of this movie is awesome it, like Robert, Robert Eggers or whatever his name is with this movie and The Lighthouse and presumably his next movie he puts so much detail into like um, the the sets and making everything look like to the point to, to almost like the date accurate uh, which is I think <laughs> just fascinating from like a production standpoint uh, I don't think it inherently makes a movie better but I think it that philosophy is in everything in the movie like the way the dialogue is written um it's taken from real you know excerpts of stuff from the time but on top of that it it does like again the same thing of like to me this horrifying movie that has no jump scares which you know i I like jump scares okay in some movies you know but uh i like kind of like what i was saying with john wick from the action i like it's like a breath of fresh air almost. Um, but really it comes down to, I think the writing and the story and the story and the characters and the performances mm-hmm. given all the actors in it are so amazing. And it's just a story that's st- stuck with me because it has any, anytime you have something that's like um, colonial era, uh, there's a witch, you know, and you're thinking of like witch trials and like, and how that's like relates to the persecution of women or whatever like that's that's definitely been done but i felt like this was uh even though a lot of what's being said is i i feel like it's it's a unique version of that and uh you especially because like a lot of the movie to me um makes you feel like what's what's really happening here (laughs) you know like is this is this even a supernatural movie or not? You know, and it right. you've it, and it, but it's not like overtly also begging that either. It's not like ho- hokey or like gimmicky. Like, hey, what's really real? It's just like it just puts the stuff out there, and you're just kind of like, what am I witnessing here a little bit? But uh, yeah, it really makes you feel like. Uh, I saw someone say like you know, it's a world in which being being born a woman is just as much just as real as like being cursed by a witch essentially and uh i i love that all these things happen no matter what and it's just like it's like whatever the family interprets it like did the daughter do this or whatever like they're all they're really putting it on her and it really nails that pretty hard and then i love in the ending you do similar hereditary you do have sort of this last there's like this last moment of like supernatural release in in a smaller kind of way where and probably in a way that you would appreciate more where it's like you don't even really see <laughs> the devil you just mm-hmm. get a couple lines of dialogue and she goes off into the woods and gets naked and flows up floats up into the air <laughs> and so roll tide <laughs> right <laughs> so i love this i love that it's like she yeah she became i'm going to become the witch it was that i'm going to become the joker meme but it's like it's like she became a witch after 
it was hoisted upon her, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just think it's yeah. it's made so well, and it's it's a beautiful movie. Every shot looks like a, it could be a sick black metal album cover. <laughs> um, yeah, every moment <laughs> is is beautiful to me. Cool. Well, maybe I should finish that one too because I feel like I see that one on Netflix all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It. I I know I started it, but I I didn't finish it. So maybe I should. One small detail I like too is they're all, they're speaking in kind of this older dialect. But, um, and I'm not just saying this, like, there's not a sentence that they say that I don't understand. And I don't know what that is. Cause it's not like, it's not put on, it's, it's period, it's like period accurate, but like, it's not confusing. Like that to me, that just shows the craftsmanship of the movie. I don't know if you felt that. How'd you feel about like the lighthouse? I, I feel like that. Uh, yeah, there there are some times where it's difficult to understand what they're saying because they're they're. That, I mean, first of all, they're acting so intensely. Yeah. But then, like the the lingo that they're using that, is like that was a little bit yeah. harder. But and that also was kind of shot more like it's kind of like this lower fidelity kind of look, so the audio isn't as crisp or whatever. But mm-hmm. but this has that same sort of thing. But to me, it's it's a better movie, obviously. But yeah, it has this thing where like. There's it, it makes it actually uh, it, it reminds me of a, a thing I heard about, like someone said about a good pu- I think Anuma <laughs> said about like a good puzzle and that it's like it's not necessarily that it was complex, but it may actually makes you feel smart. And I think you see that in Zelda a lot where sometimes it's not complex, but it makes you think like you solve this complex thing. That's how I feel about the dialogue and mm-hmm. that it makes me feel smart. Because it sounds so old and everything, but I understand every word. So it's also a feel-good movie, is what I'm trying to say. I I feel like we're laughing, but I feel like that's an important like thing. Like it, as if you're having period piece movies, to, like have accessible dialogue. Yeah, because there's a lot that don't. There's also a lot where it's like they just, it's just like they sound. They don't. It's not believable either. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like gonna, it's old. Give them a British accent. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's okay. So that's two on your list that I that I got to check out oh, so yeah. far. All right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my number three on my list, and this is another one where I think like. I think, like, the moment met the movie for me, but the movie Mm. also met the moment because it was a fucking awesome movie. Um, So number three on my list is Logan. Right. And uh, it's like, like, it's a superhero movie technically, right? But Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like one to me at all, actually. And um, I think that, like, so the moment is, like, you know, this, this released in, what, 2017? And, like, you know, we had, we had been on this journey with Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart since the year 2000, when the first X-Men movie came out, a rocky one at that. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, it it was filled with ups and downs, like, like really good highs with like X2 and future past. And then like really low lows with X-Men origins and and X-Men three. So like it, it, and to know that like this was it and like, you know, say what you will about the quality of the X-Men movies, but like, the, the performance by Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is just, like, absolutely iconic. Like, whoever plays that role next is going to have real big shoes to fill. Yeah. Um, 
maybe it, no so one like, should. Maybe knowing... we don't need a Wolverine movie anymore. I think. But obviously, there's. You know what? I would be totally down for an X twenty three movie. Like she's just the new Wolverine. Yeah, I'd be I'd be down for that. That actress was really good too. Yeah. Yeah. So you you're on this journey with with the the real life actors and these characters for like the better part of two decades. It's all coming to a head. Um, you see like the seemingly infallible Wolverine, and he's like falling apart like it's it's kind of sad because like you see these characters that you know and that you were just like these are superheroes and in this movie they're anything but superheroes right mm-hmm. like logan's body is decaying um you know charles is like literally losing his mind and uh it's just it, it's it's sad to see them like this but like you you're hoping for like that that one last thing that they can do before it's their time and like you know the one last thing is to basically help out um x23 who is uh who like you said she was played by daphne keen and she was awesome in this role and like it's it was really i I thought that the story was great like it's a simple kind of story like it's a it's basically an escort mission to to get her from one place to another but like they um you know it it didn't it didn't need to be any more complicated than that they were um they kept bringing up like shane the movie shane and it did kind of have like a western ish feel, you know? And like yeah, in a way yeah. in a way that um like a lot a lot of like there's a lot of Marvel movies, for example, that are like, this is kinda like X but a superhero movie, but then it kinda devolves into like a big Marvel movie battle by the end and it's kind of indistinguishable. Whereas like this I feel like ca- carried the same like its own distinct tone for what it was doing till the end. It it did even end at kind of like a big scuffle in the woods, but it's 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 way more, you know, it's played way more down than. It's not like a big Lord more of the Rings. It's not a Return me. of the King battle, you know. Yeah, you know what I kind of thought when I was watching it is like it felt smaller and more personal. It was almost like a Terminator battle, like in the first Terminator, and like they're kind of going at it. Mm, at the end okay. like it wasn't this like big grandoise battle even though i guess it kind of was but um i, I don't know to me <laughs> yeah. it was just like it's very much more like personalized and like logan has never been more like relatable and it was just like it was really sad to see these characters and, like you know they're they're not i mean they kind of are going out in a blaze of glory but they're also kind of not it's just like the yeah. natural end of the road for for them i mean so uh xavier's death is so it's so it's like almost like a meaningless death, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, sad. <laughs> and it it really is. It's just it's sad. And like uh I I just like 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 acting wise, man, like Hugh Jackman. I mean he he's always been awesome as, mm-hmm. as Wolverine, but like he was like he was just dialed in to this movie. And like, you know, he just like he knows that character so so well that it, it, he's he's never gonna give a bad performance, but like man, he was just like he was rocking in in Logan. I thought he uh, he was like a tour de force um, in that That's movie. So good, and, yeah. and yeah, I just uh, I actually I remember hearing when the movie was like in pre production or whatever, everybody was making a big deal about it being rated R, and I was just I was just kind of like ah fuck, like that's gonna be like kind of cheap and, and kind of lame if they're just like doing a bunch of gore and whatever just for the sake of doing it just for like having mm-hmm. an r-rated movie but i think the movie actually didn't 
it was it was more restrained in some ways. Like, but there like there were uh, there some, really there brutal definitely parts. Some gruesome stuff. But you know what though? Yeah. Like it justif like I well, I don't think you really need to always justify the violence. Like like the raid we were talking about is insanely violent, but like it it serves a point because it it actually is showing you like, you know, a lot of the times we're watching all these X Men Marvel movies or whatever and like every movie they're doing a nine eleven every movie, but it's like because it's meant yeah. to be viewed by kids and families, it's like it's like sanitized. So you're just watching the sanitized nine eleven, basically. And there's something weird about that to me. I'm not s- saying like these are bad movies, but that is that is so weird and strange to me. So and so I like that after years of watching, like you know, as cool as like like Wolverine fighting dudes in X2 is it's like you're watching all these movies where this guy with metal claw hands is like bloodlessly killing people you know yeah I think this this was at least the movie to do it you know what I mean because it it really Mm -hmm. sells the impact of everything and like I don't know it just feels like a it feels like they did it because they wanted to make a real movie not because they wanted to make a an edgy movie you know what i mean they just wanted to make like uh, yeah. A, yeah yes right there and i don't mean real yeah. as in realistic even though it, it does go for that but real as in like this is just a, a movie it's not we're we're not trying to make a it's it's obviously being marketed and sold as this big x-men movie and they know that too but it's it's just being sold as like yeah we just made this movie and naturally <laughs> you know i don't know what to say but that that's that's kind of what I'm trying to get across is that it's a real. It, it wasn't. Movie. Yeah, it, it it didn't try and be edgy. I think that's a great way to put it. it like, uh, to me, like this movie is just so raw, and it was so uh, raw is is the best word I can think of. And it was it was so good, and like, what a what a perfect way to go out on like playing that character that that really made Hugh Jackman's career. Um, like what a perfect way to go out. I, I don't think you can beat that. <laughs> I'm gonna sound very embarrassing right now. This is very embarrassing, but first time I watched that, I like was bawling <laughs> the whole time, like a little baby. And now when I put it on, like I think the last time I watched it, like the instant it started, I started crying. <laughs> uh, like a little child and i think it is what you said it's just like these characters and these actors that i've i watched when i was nine kind of coming to an end and a good end at that but also very emotionally weighty one it yeah it it got to me yeah it's not on my list but it's i I mean yeah i had tears in my eyes I think watching it, I was trying to hold him back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to let him flow. No, no. That'd be embarrassing. No. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do that. No. Uh, so yeah, Logan. God, what, a, yeah. what an unbelievable movie. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> right, yeah, we're weaving in different types of movies here, which is fun. Um, so this is a movie I've been telling everyone to watch all year. Uh, it's called First Reformed, and I watched this movie uh, while everyone, when the when COVID was popping off and everyone was watching. I don't want to say fun, but they're watching these 
pandemic movies because it's like, oh boy, we're having a pandemic. Let's watch pandemic movies. I watched this movie, which is about what it's like living in our time, living in the final days of whatever we're living in. Um, and I think about this movie like every day, <laughs> every day for the past since like March or whatever. Um, it has like a somewhat positive outlook at the end, but most of this movie, it it captures the dread of having your comp- your community and your environment like completely torn apart by capitalism <laughs> and like the psychological toll it takes on you. It's basically Ethan Hawke stars in it, and he plays this priest in a in like a like a kind of historical church in 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 America, like an old time church that he mm-hmm. still runs service at. But it's it's mo- mostly now more a tourist kind of landmark historical site that's actually like owned by a mega church in the town. And it, there's a lot of stuff there between, like, um, well, so I'll just say that he's approached, he's, this girl asks him to talk to her boyfriend, husband, or whatever. They're a young couple, and they're, they're having a baby, and this this young man is, like, really struggling with, um, you know, like, how how can I, he's talking about, like, the effects of climate change, and he's really struggling with this idea of um, how can I bring a child into a world like this? And he's clearly mm-hmm. distraught, you know, and um, he ends up killing himself in the movie. And Ethan Hawke kind of ends up like uh, looking at, sort of like helping take care of and like make sure the, his widow or whatever is okay. But he also, you know, he gives a speech in the beginning about like how, and this is what the movie is kind of about, but like carrying both hope and despair with you at the same time. And that's like how, what life is like. And it's just about him struggling with that. Like he starts this, this guy, he was, uh, who killed himself. He was actually going to like do like some like eco-terrorism with like a suicide vest and, and like you see like Ethan Hawke like start he starts to like kind of appreciate at least what the guy was struggling with like with things like you know what this there's like this company that's like uh that the mega church wants to work with that's like a big you know polluter and all this stuff and they're they're super crooked and fucked up and um you see him like almost because he actually you actually see behind his um, feelings that he's like struggling with the same kind of hope and despair that he's talking about and you so you just it's very grim it's very grim it's like him struggling with that and like I said it does mm. it does offer I don't want to like I don't know if you can really spoil a movie but it kind of does offer you know respite from that and like what what sort of solace and like answer you can take in that so you you know if you're someone like this kid, you just don't off yourself or whatever. It's it's a really grim movie, but it's it's so it's actually very beautiful and acted so well. 
And yeah, <laughs> that's my spiel about it. It's that ve- sounds so sad. It's very sad. Um, the you know what? I'll just spoil it. In the end, it's like uh, it's actually very it's very like sh- strange, but like uh, he he um. So- and it, it doesn't give you fully the answer of like what like what the good answer is, but it hints at it um, because there's there's a beautiful scene where he's he's helping this girl who's gonna have this baby, and he 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 ends up falling in love with this younger girl. It's just it's kind of strange, admittedly, but um, you know it, it's it's real. It feels very real. But there's a scene where in in like well later parts of the movie where. I feel like like they do this thing where they like they lay down. <laughs> she tells him like to feel better, like to do something. It's basically like help you feel better. It's just like you lay. They lay down face to face on top of each other, just like laying there. And there's this whole scene where the movie's not supernatural at all. But then it like the whole room goes away, and they're just like floating through the air and it's like euphoric almost and it's just them breathing in rhythm and everything and that's kind of what the the movie sort of just offers this sort of thing is like a response to this of like like loving the ones that you care about holding them dear you know like you know when you're he's struggling with these things like how can i bring a child and it's like well you have you have to have love basically you know what i mean you can't just despair about these things all the time that doesn't mean you don't care or whatever but uh in the end he he wants to take up this kid's uh crusade and he wants to uh suicide bomb the executives or whatever of this shitty ass company uh at some big event they're gonna be near him and like the mega church people and uh but then the girl's like, oh, I'm going to come to the thing. And he's like, no, don't come. <laughs> and, uh, but then she comes and, uh, he's like, just goes off into his little room and he starts like, this is fucked up. I'm just describing all this, but it's a very important movie to me. But he starts like punishing himself. He's like cutting himself with barbed wire or whatever. And she finds him and then they kiss. And that's, like, the end of the movie, basically. <laughs> but, so, it, like I said, it doesn't offer, like, the full answer of, like, it, it doesn't just come out and tell you, like, like, love is the answer. <laughs> but that's kind of what I feel is what I was taking away from it. And it gave me, like, I think about the hope and despair all the time. And uh, to me, it's, it wasn't, it didn't came out, come out this year, but it's, like, a very 2020 movie. And I think it, um, it would be good for anyone to watch it. I think it it helped it helped me a lot in a weird way even though i th- think about how grim it is a lot <sighs> anyway i'm sorry for the whole spiel but Whew. out of all the movies first reformed yeah it's all right i described the whole plot of the movie but i don't care i don't think spoilers matter too much in most movies i think you should just watch it it's a beautiful movie ethan hawk incredible all right, I, I feel like I I feel like I can't beat that with my <laughs> <No>. like <laughs> next pick. What's that? Uh, that's I feel like I feel like I can't beat that with my next pick. But uh, what do you got? I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. So my my top two both share 
uh, something in common, and that is kind of exploring what it means to be human. Oh. And uh, that that's like a theme that like I'm into. So uh, kicking it off, number two, uh, you knew that this was coming. This is an obvious one if you know me at all. But we got Blade Runner 2049. That's your shit. And uh, you know <laughs> we. We were talking earlier about really long movies, and I was about to say that I like really long movies like Lord of the Rings and Blade Runner, but then I just figured I'd save it until we actually <laughs> okay. got there. But I, I know a lot of people don't like this movie because it's like, it's really long. It is. It's a long movie. Um, it's almost uh, like, it's like two and a half hours long. Um, but it, I think that it's like, I think that it's like a really, really awesome movie. Um, like obviously like the visuals of it it looks absolutely stunning the cinematography looks incredible like the the skyscrapers and the neon lights and the futuristic vibe and like the the cyberpunk kind of aesthetic like that's all like mm-hmm. you know hook it in my veins i love it <laughs> sure but like it's it's such like a great and i feel like the original blade runner is the same thing where it's like it's such a great commentary on what it means to be humans or what it means to be human and it shows you these replicants and like they're machines, but somehow they've captured the essence of what it means to be human and a, and a community better than real living humans. And like, um, the Gosling is back. I think that he gives an awesome performance again. He doesn't say a word more than he has to in this movie. Um, and, and Harrison Ford is really great, but actually there's two people in this movie that I think really, really stand out for me. And the first is our boy Dave Batista. Yeah, that's to and me the most memorable. He, I, I like the movie and everything, but to me, that's the most memorable thing. Uh, is his he, scene? He's not. He's not in there for very long, but like he has this awesome fight scene, and, and but he he's fighting knowing that he's gonna die, and like he he uses his last moments of time on the planet before you know another replicant basically kills him to to kind of say like you know, have you ever seen a miracle? And and he kind of, he's talking about the miracle of life and how, you know, he has seen that. And and it was kind of, it reminded me a little bit that speech of like um, Roy Batty's speech in the original Blade Runner, where he's talking about his memories being gone. Oh my God. Yeah. But, uh, which is like one of the most iconic like monologues in in film, but like, yeah, it, it was, it was such like a good, neat performance, but actually I think the standout, to me in this movie was uh i'm probably gonna butcher her name but uh anna de armas who played joy who is like um so joy is basically like a a product that's sold on the street and it's like a, a virtual companion that you can have and you can customize it and you can you know it's basically like a, a virtual friend that you can have but she she brought so much humanity to that role and like she kind of evolved beyond what it was designed for she she obviously loved Kay. She, she cared a lot for him and she traveled with him and like literally sacrificed her life in order to save his. So like, yeah, it's, it's just like, it's such a great commentary on, you know, so many themes that I think are really mm. like interesting and, and, and like relevant, like uh, what it means to be human, like how, how far can the human body change itself before it's not human anymore? Like uh, just like so many fantastic scenes and i mean like yeah the, the movie looks just like fucking awesome it has like, <laughs> yeah the lighting and the uh, it just it looks so great and that that really helped it to me not feel like such a long movie yeah i mean yeah i think uh, yeah everything about it it's like made so well like like you were saying it's it's a very beautiful movie 
yeah, I like everything about it. All the performances are great. Um, for some reason, like, yeah, it didn't, like, stick with me emotionally as, like, as hard as some other movies. Um, uh, like, Arrival did more. Uh, same, D- Denis Villeneuve, or whatever, he directed Arrival. As I well. didn't even try and say his name. Yeah. <laughs> Arrival, I, uh, like, that one connected with me a little bit more from the story perspective. Um, but, uh, I do think Blade, Blade Runner is, was like, it was like a visual delight. All the actors are giving great performances. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, yeah, it's, it's good all around. I, I definitely can appreciate that movie that especially, like I said, that Batista scene, I don't know, Batista gives an incredible performance, uh, in this movie. And I've seen, you know, I've seen him be good in other movies, uh, but I feel like, and that's definitely credit to him for sure. But I also think like credit to the director there too. Like, I think he really captured a great performance out of Batista in this movie. And like, like actually, and that's the, that's basically the opening scene of the movie. And like, it's such an important tone setting scene. I I feel like I, I thought, I thought that like, it was fantastic. It's such like, it's such a great story all the way through and it subverts your expectations right up until the end. Cause like, you know, we're, we're conditioned to believe that like your main character is going to be this chosen one and is going to be the one to save the world and stuff like that. And like the film doesn't do that. He's not that person, but like he was what was needed to get to the point of finding mm. that person. So I, I thought that that was really cool. Um, and yeah, I like, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Blade Runner, like the first Blade Runner. So to me, like this was always going to be like, a movie that I knew that I was going to enjoy, but uh, I, I think that it it matched and exceeded expectations that I had. It's too bad because like I do feel like a lot of people don't really like it, um, and that it didn't perform super well at the box office. It's it's kind of like it basically did what the first Blade Runner did, where I think it's going to be like one of those cult classics that people mm. look back on for a long time. Uh, I remember going to see this actually with with Sam and we took her, her dad and uh, my brother-in-law in the theaters. And like, we saw like a nine o'clock showing and the three of them hated it. And I loved it. <laughs> they all just wanted to go. And I was so into it. And uh, so right there kind of shows you the legacy of the movie. But uh, yeah, for, for me, I just like, it clicked every box. It was so good. I love uh, the It's not even, He's definitely not typecast, but I love how many roles there are of Ryan Gosling, like the quiet man, you know? Yeah. Uh, which there's he's plenty just, of movies he's so where he's not it. that, which is great. But, uh, like, uh, the other, like two years ago, there was that Neil Armstrong movie he was in. Did you see that? First Man, I think it was. Uh, no, I, but I wanted it was to. Pretty yeah, decent, I pretty to it. decent, but he's, yeah, he's like also very kind of quiet and like, held back in that that's like his whole character in that uh he's amazing in it um but then yeah i i love in uh the nice guys have you seen that movie yes. yeah where he's like yeah. he's like he, a he's total awesome. fucking goof <laughs> i love it yeah yeah he's great <laughs> i i like legit he's he's such a he's such an awesome actor i think like uh, he's he's one of my favorites uh of this of this generation and i'm going to talk about my other favorite actor of this generation, I think the next one, but okay. uh, here, here we go. Goo. We only have two <laughs> movies left. Uh, both of our 
number ones, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I feel like after yeah. what I, all I said, I feel like the last one was my number one because I felt so passionate. It's hard to talk about that movie to me and then not just describe the entire movie. <laughs> but anyway, my number one, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, is Uncut Gems, <laughs> um, starring Adam Sandler, uh, directed by the Safties. And it's, I love... Again, I love every moment of this movie. Uh, it encapsulates so much of the essence of the world right now and where we're living in, even though it takes place in 2012. Uh, but it captures the world um, in this entire universe all into this character of, um, of Howard. And I feel like he's one of the most, to me, he's one of the most fascinating characters in, like, any movie <laughs> ever and um yeah i don't know I'm, I'm trying to think like i love i just love how they with this movie and uh, some of their others like they've they create this this is their magnum opus so far i would say where they've they've took kind of this thing of creating these like sort of sort of vile but lovable characters and uh, similar to what I was saying about like a Scorsese movie showing their their what's charming and compelling about them but also showing like their uh you know basically showing their mm-hmm. uh their vile selves uh showing their inconsistencies while also like kind of showing you their human side you know and then like tying it to an even greater theme uh yeah, I don't know. I I love I love this movie. Yeah, I I thought that this was um this was a really really good movie. I thought, and I kind of like when I when I was finished watching it, I was like, okay, that was a good movie. And the more I sat on it in like the next couple days, I, I actually think I was just like this very serious kind of like a role that you wouldn't mm-hmm. think that he'd be good in. Kind of like I was talking earlier with Leo DiCap in in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Like you don't think that he'd be good in comedy or like Jim Carrey in eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Like I, I thought, I thought that like okay, Adam yeah. Sandler did like a, a really, really great job while like still kind of doing like some of the shtick that he does, but like he, he kind of like almost repurposed it for a, for a serious presentation. That probably doesn't make any sense, but mm-hmm. yeah. Cause he's, I've seen him in serious stuff, but it's yeah. different. It's more of like, I think of like punch drunk love or whatever, but it's this is way yeah this is he's doing like a crazy bonkers character but in like a very serious yeah. movie and yeah there's just so many little details i love about it and in in regards to like i i love how like it connects to me it, it really encapsulates so much of the of like greed and excess in a way and i love how it just very not even subtle, not subtly, uh, very simply connects it to the world, like the world around us. It, Cause it starts off, it, it shows you like the human cost mm-hmm. of what funds this lifestyle. It starts with like the, the, these fucked up minds, you know, in Africa or whatever. And then it zooms in on the gem and then you come out of his colon, you know, and, and, and you see like all of that, like you know you see the human cost and then it's all encapsulated in this world in him and then uh 
you know, it can only, it can really only lead to one thing, which is the end of the movie. And then I love that it goes back into that. And so it really does. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I love that, that beginning and the end too. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And just all the little details with the character and like, just, there's a lot of little small interactions between these different characters that like, uh, that, I don't know, do so much more than any like, bit of exposition or anything could do you know like just it's not even important necessarily like i think of like after his his daughter's little performance he goes to and him trying to talk to her in the kitchen and and she's on on the phone and you could tell she just clearly hates his guts and he's just he's trying to tell her how proud he is of her and you know like why she would hate his guts but you also see how like pathetic and sad and like lonely he is mm-hmm. in that moment uh, you know and it's like you kind of feel bad for him too so it's i just love i love that it's like it captures that that human na- nature of it all and yeah i, I uh I, I agree and i i like that the uh, like you kind of said like the movie the movie kind of ends in like a a destination that that almost seems inevitable like you you know, it's a movie, so you're just like, okay, well, like, how is he going to get out of this? How is he going to pull off this perfect thing? How is he going to make this, uh, how is he going to get out of this? And, um, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. No, and, yeah. I I love that, too. It's like, it's just constantly watch to the thing I was saying about the Scorsese quote of, like, the contradictoriness of people. It's just like, you're watching this whole movie of him making all these choices and you're just going like no man come on but you like you know there's only one way it can go for him and he just has to keep doing it he has to keep pushing it you know and you just want to be like like there's a part of him that's so like he's he's such a scumbag but there's also plenty of times where i'm like howard come on man <laughs> you gotta turn it around and, man. like i was kind of waiting for that moment when he when he did and like when he realized it and like you know, maybe he would have changed his ways after, you know, winning everything at the end, but like maybe he wouldn't have. So that, that actually is what kind of stuck with me <laughs> That's after like in the, in the next couple days after yeah. I actually, I want to give a shout out to, um, to Kevin Garnett. He was really, really good in this movie. Yes. I thought. <laughs> yeah, he is so good. Cause yeah, there's, there's a thing they say, I think the Safdie brothers, the director said it like, but it's true where they're like, that scene where he looks at the rock and you, you can tell like he, like you, you he see him he sees everything in it you know and you, it's like he's transfixed by it and that's like there's like the metaphor in that too but like they're like if he can't sell you on that that he yeah. believes like that this is magic or whatever like the it just it doesn't the movie doesn't work half as well you know cuz he's he's like another mm-hmm. version of that figure yeah, you know I, I i thought that he was like Ugh. really really awesome in this role like I, I, like not what i was expecting from you know like from a basketball player so yeah, he was awesome and i i, I wouldn't be surprised to great. see him in like you know some more movies in the future because he did a great job yeah there's a bunch of and there's also just a bunch of another little detail of there's just a bunch of weird fucking looking New York ass people <laughs> that they just populate the movie with who are all not actors. They're just weird looking people that they've met on the street. 
like over their life, which, which they do a lot in their movies. And the, and there there's just some fucking <laughs> crazy looking people in this that it looks real. I love seeing like real crazy like, and I don't I don't necessarily mean this disparagingly, but like ugly, like just not hot people. You know what I mean in a movie. Just a bunch of fucking weird ass <laughs> people. Um, they. Oh, you know what? And Lakeith Stanfield as the as like kind of his connect to Kevin Garnett is really good. I want to give a shout out to him because he he crushed it in this. He was in Get Out, and uh, he I didn't have it on my ten, but he starred in Sorry to Bother You, and he 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 to me is one of my like people twenty tens like someone who killed it in the twenty tens. Mm. So. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you my number one. Uh, let's do it. Let's end let's on a high it. note. Um, you know what? I was thinking about it, and I and I think I probably would rank this the best movie of the last decade. Uh, this is kind of keeping in the theme that I was just talking about. We're, like, exploring humanity, but, like, on an even more direct and more grand scale. So my number one film is Ex Machina mm. and uh, came out 2015. Oh, and right, this yeah. is like this is a tour de force movie and it's like basically the entire movie is like a series of conversations between three people but like so it's it's got um it's got oscar isaac in it who is just absolutely incredible it's got uh Domhnall gleason in it who was like also absolutely incredible which is funny because both of them would go on to be in star wars um, the next year, but like kind of reversed the the face heel alignment, and <laughs> yeah. probably best of all, uh, Alicia Vikander, who like all three of these actors are just like so engaging. And like when when I say that like the movie is basically a series of conversations between them, it kind of sounds boring, but like it's just like this cat and mouse like trying to outwit each other game, and like you know the premise of the movie is like basically performing uh, a Turing test except that he knows that she is not human so like it's she's basically trying to she being Ava the the android that is created um, she's basically trying to convince this kind of unusual or unassuming guy that even though she's clearly a robot she is human and like it's such like a it's just it's such an interesting kind of perspective on like on on humanity and like what people want what people crave um what people think is real what people don't think is real what people think is human what we don't where society could potentially be going in like the even not distant future um it's it was, it was so fascinating it stuck with me for so long like i i think about it a lot um like i said the, the performances are just like absolutely incredible yeah, Oscar Isaac it, is so good. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's good. just like such a. Uh, it it just stuck with me. It, it makes me think about like, like the world and the future and stuff like that. And like it just, um, man, it, it it's one of those things where I, like, I could see it happening, but it's also exciting. But it, it's also like, it just, it, it, my mind was like running crazy with the possibilities of like, you know, what does what does this movie mean and like what does this say about us as a society? And like, uh, is it fucked up that I could like see this as a real thing that's happening somewhere in the world right now? So yeah, I, I love this movie. Yeah. I, I think it's my number one movie of the last decade. Maybe, maybe it's a little obvious too. like this, this 
is like kind of telegraphed around the nose, but I love that like you kind of feel like the movie it's set up like where the one Domhall Gleason is kind of like I don't want to say it's, it makes it sound too simplistic to say he's like the hero or the mm-hmm. protagonist, but he's really not. <laughs> it's and it ends up, you know, like she ends up being like the protagonist at the end, you know, like he's like just as much a part of this or whatever, and, you know. And even then, like he's he's a bit more like pathetic or whatever. Yeah, you know? and like and even then, I wouldn't even say that she's a protagonist so much as that she is human because she's looking out for herself and she wants to escape there and she uses whatever means she can and when she finally gets out she's just like fuck this like you know like fuck you you guys were were keeping me here and it's just like such a Mm -hmm. it's such a good story i thought um and actually the uh you know obviously our main three actors are kind of what the movie is the foundation of the movie is built on but there's um there's an actress named uh, Sonoya Mizuno who plays um, Kyoko in this movie, who's like such a kind of an important figure too, because like she's an artificial intelligence, but is just treated with such like disdain by um, mm-hmm. by Oscar Isaacs who plays Nathan that it's like it's it's just like it makes you feel for the robots, but then or the AI, but then they turn it around. It's just like it's such a fascinating thought experiment of a movie. I think it it just it's it sticks with me. Yeah. Yeah, and it's totally like you said, it's totally character driven, like like I would say that's the nice way of saying it. it's just <laughs> yeah. people talking. <laughs> um, which is the type of movie I love. Like I I love movies that are just about characters interacting and it's just about their connections that moves the story forward. It's like I think that's actually been true about a lot of the movies we said that like most of them it's not like I mean, there's some, you know, you're talking about, like, you had, like, a a heist movie on yours, which is very plot-driven, but I feel like a lot of the movies we've mentioned are, like, no, it's it's not necessarily, like, like, more plot isn't (laughs) what really makes the, like, movies Mm -hmm. powerful, you know? To me, it's, like, characters, memorable characters, impactful characters, um, just, you know, seeing humanity (laughs) where you can see it. Um, yeah, so I, I, I love this movie as well. Not in my top 10, but I also loved it. That, that would be an honorable mention for me too, for all the same reasons you said. Well, there we go. I think we really only disagreed on, um, Inception and Hereditary. So that's not too bad. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not a dark, uh, any Nolan thing I'm not big on. So that's maybe a two. Okay. I I love my boy, Nolan. He, he does some good stuff. I think. (laughs) There it is. But, uh, yeah, no, that was, that was fun. I didn't know what to expect from this. Yeah. But uh, I I didn't know if this was going to be like a a regular virtual theater length or if we were going to bang these out, but I think we had some really, uh, really engaging, like thought, like uh, there's at least a couple movies now that I want to go and watch. Definitely Mandy. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like that would be up my alley. Uh, you know, I still I want to rewatch because I, I think I'd seen most of the movies you mentioned, but I I want to rewatch Prometheus, uh, like I had been saying. Um, and yeah, there's some other ones that I was just like, like Drive, Drive, like yours actually just reminded me of a lot of movies that I remember liking, but I I just hadn't seen mm-hmm. in a minute, and I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe I need to maybe I need to get back to some of well, those. Um, I hope that everyone listening has at least picked up on one movie 
that they if they haven't seen it in a while or they've never seen it that you go and check it out so yeah goo this is uh this is a good time anything you want to uh you want to to, yeah. to end off with here before we get out of here um I, i'm gonna botch this line but i love in ex machina where he goes to oscar isaac and he's trying to get him to dance and he's like why'd you tear up her picture or something? And he's like, I'm about to tear it up on the yeah. fucking dance floor. <laughs> That's he, so good. He is fucking so good in that movie. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. Um, oh, you know, I, I don't want to slip any more in, but he, he's the star of, um, Inside Lewin Davis, which was a Coen Brothers movie in 2013. That's also really good. I think you should check it out, anybody listening. It's got him and Justin Timberlake and Adam Driver. Um, and it's a great movie. And uh, another excuse to see Oscar Isaac be Roll Tide to Oscar Isaac. You know what? I'll give one final one. I watched, uh, this is probably recency <laughs> bias, but yes. uh, you said, you said um, Adam Driver. I watched uh, Black Klansman the other day, and it was really good. I liked it. it okay, yeah. He's yeah. so good. He's, yeah. uh, he, he took some of that stank of Star Wars off of him in my eyes in that movie. I, I actually think Adam Driver is pretty <laughs> sick. Yeah, Logan Lucky. It's a fun movie. There it is. Um, all right, well, that's... <laughs> this is uh, this is a marathon of an episode, but by God, there are 20 sick movies that we gave you here, plus a few honorable mentions. So, uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know Watch what you think. Them. Let us know your top movies of the last decade were over on Twitter at Virtual Theater X or over uh, on Discord at uh, discord.com forward slash virtual theater. Um, all right. And then I guess I guess that's it. I guess we're out of here. We're, we're doing our plugs and then we'll we'll get back uh, and see you next episode. Um, of course. We want you to check us out over on SoundCloud and uh, wherever you get your podcast at Virtual Theater. And uh, check us out over on Twitter at Virtual Theater X, where, uh, you know, you can influence what movies we cover on the show. Usually we have polls going on, but I think we've got the next week or two mapped out, I believe. So we've got uh, we've got some stuff. Yeah, yeah we've so. got some stuff coming. Sit tight. Uh, and last plug, <laughs> but certainly not least... If you are, uh, are a fan of virtual theater and feel like helping out the show, uh, the best place to do that is patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. And uh, you get tons of good bonus uh, content and bonus goodies and stuff like that. Uh, Legend of Zelda cartoon episodes, which are rapidly coming to a close, actually. And then we're going to record uh, an extra bonus episode next week, and I'm going to slip in some Pikmin in there so i'm looking forward to that it's <laughs> patreon.com forward slash virtual theater is where you can help us out for the low low cost of one dollar per month uh and you know what check us out over on twitter too at spateri316 at gooey fame goo is there anything you want to say before we get out of here uh no i think i got you it get, all you, in you got all your shit <laughs> Thank in okay. you, though. <laughs> I got all Woo! my shit. All right, well, let's uh, let's rock and roll. Thanks for listening, everybody, <laughs> and we hope that 2021 treats you well and treats you a hell of a lot better than 2020 did. Take care. Goodbye. Sayonara. Right on. <laughs> <laughs>